Hello, folks. This is Nathan from Utility Muffin Labs. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcasts, Nerd Words, and 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I wanted to take a couple of seconds to let you know about some of the ways we are trying to fund our podcasts. First, we have a GoFundMe so that we can replace our broken down old computer. Check it out at www.gofundme.com forward slash help dash keep dash the dash labs dash running. Or click the link on any of our recent podcasts on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Speaking of our website, you'll notice that we've added some Amazon and drive through RPG banners to our site. In addition, our newest VTM25 posts will have links to purchase the books that we talk about. Using those banners and links to buy those books helps us tremendously. Give them a click and help us earn a little bit. Lastly, we've recently set up a Patreon page. We've got a few rewards for our patrons so far, and we plan to bring more as time goes on. Visit our website for the link or go directly to patreon.com forward slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thank you for your continued support, and let's get to the show. Reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games you want to get out? See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I didn't truly are. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time this I see This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys care to comment? You mean like fine shoes? On utilitymuffinlabs.com. Welcome to another episode of Eczema and Bed Bug Bites. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the only podcast where we talk about our cysts and lancings. Let it die. Don't let it stick around like the flu. The flu. Did you know there's no such thing as the stomach flu? There is no such thing? No, no. It's actually a different disease. People erroneously title stomach flu. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's a doctor thing. I don't know. But uh, you could look it up. There's Google. How do you know? I, I looked it up. I'm just internet told with, you? I'm just poor with terms. It was a medical thing that I looked up. It was, actually, I think it was... Uh, it was probably that one newspaper from the UK that's not a good You mean thing. diarrhea? Diarrhea. What you have is a stomach flu, it's the diarrhea? No, it's uh, fucking staphylococcus. Anyways, uh, this is Nerd Words. I'm Nathan. <laughs> I'm Bob. And uh, we're here to entice your ears. A little bit. We're kind, of like, noises. We're, we're kind of like the Midnight Marauders, only it's not midnight, and we're definitely not stealing anything. So, well, a marauder just wrecks things. Yeah, we're going to wreck your earpiece. When we go out marauding for flesh or something like that, you're mm-hmm. really just going out yeah. and mauling someone. Basically, you're taking what you want and wrecking things in the process. We're here to savage your ears with our nonsense. So welcome. It's, <laughs> it's been a week, but hey, we're here again. You know you missed here us. again. You know, you know, you know, you missed us. I, I really want to eat this carrot, but that's unprofessional and rude. So I'm going to hold this carrot and not eat it. For what, an hour? For, eat the carrot. I'm going, to eat, I'm going to hold it for an hour, for one eat hour. The carrot? Eat the carrot. Well, wait. I'm just, I'm just going to suck on it until it melts. Eat the carrot. There you go. Hear that crunchiness. Enjoy that carrot. All right. So like today, we just kicked off the uh, in 25 years of Vampire Masquerade. We just did the Gangrel Clan book. So this is naturally going to be us chatting about some stories relating to Gangrel and wherever that segues, right? Yeah. We've been keeping up with a method. We should stick to it. I feel a little, um, I, I like I don't bring much to the table today because uh, um, 
as I stated before we did the podcast, uh, the only time I've ever played any Sabat character, Sabat characters, the only time I've ever played any Gangrel characters were, were in Sabat, in a Sabat game. And uh, I don't really remember any of them very well. I, I mean, I've never really played too much in the Gangrel clan. Here's the deal, though. When you play Gangrel, I mean, everyone expects Wolf Claws, Brodian, Galore, and Fortitude out the Yang and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And beyond the disciplines, there is more to being a Gangrel than all that. Yeah. Right? We hope that that's, there's more to it than that. But at the same time, there's a simplicity in the monstrousness that is the Gangrel. Because I think more than any other clan, they're the beast. Personified. Very they much so. It. They live it. And, and not only do they live it, but they tend to... Uh, they, they show it. They physically manifest aspects of their beast. Right. When it's directly tied into their frenzies, uh, the more gangrel frenzies, the more beastial they become. This obviously has some very, very hard truths down the road. As as you know, they don't get obfuscating clan. No. They unless simply not unless they're a city gangrel. Right. And uh, <laughs> they'll get, get celerity and they get off. Then they're cheaters. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> they kind of, but they kind of are. Um, they're really kind of like savage assassins. They're, they're actually adapting to your environment. So we can talk about that. So yeah. when you get a gangrel, a quote unquote country gangrel, as Sabat gives you two flavors you can play, they're referring to mainstream gangrel. Right. What does freedom mean to a gangrel? We talked about it on 25th. I think we can open that up a little more. And uh, what a freedom is to a gangrel is not damning the man. It's I'm going to do what I want unless you stop me. Right. Right. And in this essence, if, it, if I need to feed, that's what I'm here to do. Right. I came in your town to feed in a couple people and leave and hopefully not do any damage. Like my goal is not to ruin my source of blood. They're in my territory. I want them to heal up so I can feed for them again. Right. However, if you're going to get in my way to stop me, then my goal is to kill you so I can continue feeding. Much like a wild animal or a pack animal, um, some like even wolves and things of that nature, which is the most direct correlation. You know, the the concept of like the the stereotypical vampire, the vampire of lore and legend, a lot of that is personified by that clan. For sure. The ability to shapeshift into a wolf or a bat, the ability to turn into a, a cloud of, of mist of smoke or what have you. Uh, those Sleep are in the earth, right? Those are all very stereotypical command beasts, right? And th- those are like, that's Dracula. Those are the gangrel. And actually no movie personifies it better than John Carpenter's vampires. I'm not familiar. Okay. Tell me some. So John Carpenter's vampires, you're not familiar with it? Is that the one with James Woods? Yeah. Ah, yes, I am. Mine's James Woods and the yes. obsessive. They gotta have hunters, right? But when you look at it, their master vampire, right? That's running around doing his thing, sleeps in the earth, um, butchers a room of people just because they were in the way of what he wanted to do. And they'll say he's evil, but there's layers that you can look at it, right? Right. If you're a fan of White Wolf and Vampire the Masquerade, we of course are. When you look at any horror film that has vampires, you're immediately looking where they fall into those lines right right? unless it's so good and different you don't even think about it once you start playing this game you start looking for connections and other things that like tie it to that world i think it's the same with anything that you play or anything that you're a really big fan of saw uh ghost in the shell on sunday and it's very cyberpunk i'm not familiar with ghost in the shell at all Outside of, I once watched like one or two episodes of Standalone Complex. Right. So I'd seen those characters before. So my frame of reference was like Cyberpunk or Shadowrun. 
the near future thing, the like Philip K. Dick, the uh, like those kind of stories. And I was like, wow, this totally fits into that world perfectly. You know, it's like a puzzle piece. It fits right into it. Right. So, I don't, you know, from the perspective of a fan of Ghost in the Shell, I don't know if it was a good movie for them. But for me, a fan of that genre of filmmaking of like, you know, the the uh, Blade Runner type of scenario, I was like, yeah, this totally fits right in. This is like a, a melding of, of technology with human, you know, the, the, the flesh and the, and the robot, you know, that like that sort of You've thing. You lost me. Sorry. But like, basically what I'm saying is that fit in. So when I'm watching that, I'm more watching for, well, where does it fit into like this perspective I have of that world? When you are watching vampire movies and you've played Vampire the Masquerade for 20 years. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm back with you. Sorry to wind you down this long road, but shit, man, we got time to fill. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes (laughs) we got to tell a long story. Get my fucking drift. Anyways, you look for these these connections in movies that you watch. Um, You know, when when you're watching The Lost Boys, when you're watching Near Dark, when you're watching all those great, like, classic 80s cult vampire flicks where... Suddenly the vampires weren't just like this faceless villain that, you know, the good guy strikes down with the stake and the the, the hammer. You start to look for those nuances and go, ah, yeah, that, that that fits in. Okay, that I could I could work that into something. That's that that's definitely White Wolf and it's Do you know what cracks me up? Hmm. There's never been a hero with a stake and a mallet. Yeah. You ever thought about that? No movie has had a guy go, I will slay the vampire with this stake and this hammer. Well, in my stereotypical movie. I'm just saying, it never has happened. In no cinema nowhere. No, no, not it, so much. Happened. It's always been tragic. It's always been. And and iconic would be Sam's right. Lot. Right. Where he has to go in and kill his friends well, you know, Master made. Blade kind of has like the, but it's it's not the like the cheesy like guy. Did you just the hero. say Blade? But but think about it like this: in Blade, you have the main character Blade, and he just massacres vampires like they're made of fucking paper, right? He's a daywalker. Right, right, right. right. I know that. But even like I, I was going somewhere with this. I was going to articulate that. But like in the stereotypical sense, that vampires are just like they're the bad guy. They're evil, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna. They're not that dangerous in that movie. They're cool. But they're not very dangerous. They're 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 to flash blade. paper, right? To blade, dangerous to blade. They're, they're flash paper, is what I'm saying. It's it marginalizes the vampires. What I'm saying, but yes, okay. That's where I was going. That's, they tear people, FYI. They they do, but I mean, like that's not super hard to do. Like it's a super. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, right. they, got, they got big teeth, man. You know, what are you gonna do against somebody's got big teeth? And, yeah. Okay. And also, <laughs> and also, they have uh, they have sunscreen. What are you, you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I, what I are guess, you, Bob, going to do? I guess in the land of segueing, I'm just pointing out that the stereotypical Van Helsing mm-hmm. with hammer and a stake has never been a quote unquote good guy, but mm-hmm. they're always women willing to hunt. Yeah. That greater evil. But you can't really. Which is the vampire? When you're when you're essentially hunting down and killing a twisted version of a human, you're going to lose something there spiritually. It's just impossible. And also, you know, vampires do have, you know, the super strength, the teeth or whatever, but that's not really what makes them dangerous. Their dangerousness is their ability to lure their prey. Their dangerousness is their ability to be there and then be gone. You know, their aloof elusiveness. That is really their danger. And then, you know, also, 
they are super strong and can fucking tear you up with their teeth, bro. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. I don't know either. All, right. All I've All had right. to eat is carrots and coffee today, so kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So when we think of Gang Girl, yes, the point that we we were, we were on before the train left the tracks. Hey, man. Is, I'm just saying, I went with you. You just lost me and you fucking Gang Girl, bro. I do what I want. Are you going to stop me? That's right. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Uh, what? Gang Girl stories, right, is where we're getting at. And why this clan is often overlooked, right? A lot of people read the Gang Girl book and go, I'll just play Bruja. Mm-hmm. They're numerous. There's more of that. And that's because Gang Girl are loners, right? That's the assumption. There's no reason Gang Girl would hang out with a Gang Girl. Uh, the way they embrace, they just ignore their children. They move on. You know, there's all that stuff to go with it. Truth of the matter is, is that anything is what you make it. If you wanted your Gang Girl to be a loner, he's going to be a loner. If he's someone that gets along with folks, he, he will be. But as long as you handle the elements of the um, animalistic side of what you're portraying, you know, you're expected to uphold an element of the stereotype to which you play. Right. Tortor don't all have to be beautiful, but they will be talented. Yep. In some degree, whether that's a talented critic or an actual artist, that's your flavor. Right. But you can be anything else under the sun as long as you hold those motifs. A gang girl will have to, at some point, have an animal side right. to the way they view things. Case in point. I always liked the idea of a gang girl hunting in the city. I enjoyed that about the city gang girl, which is what we mentioned yeah. earlier um, before the segue. And in that regard, the city gang girl has learned to adapt to the city environment. You can't blend in with concrete. So they, they learn to adapt the obfuscate discipline, right. which enables them to blend in with the herd. But they don't use it like a nas. They're not there hiding to get information. It's the stock prey. Right. You won't see very high users of obfuscate in terms of they're not going to go for that level five and then sweet level six and beyond. Typically not. Four would be the apex. That's all Hunter needs. I need to be there, grab who I need, and then you forget I was there and I have my food and I'm done. And that's simple. That's in and out. And that's there too. But why celerity? For the simple reason. Snatch and grab. You could see how someone hunting in the city would get tired of getting spotted. Like you leap out and grab your prey, it scares the rest of the herd off. Right. And you're, you're forcing them to leave a neighborhood. You become an urban myth. But if I move so fast, they're not certain what they saw. And more, more, more to point, on top of it, you have trouble remembering who was even there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew Mickey was here with me. We were walking to go bar hopping. But he, he stumble off in a corner. Did he, hey. And they go looking for him. And I can't see that you're feeding on him down the alleyway. That's horrific. Right. That brings out that predator side of him. But for all we know, that same gang grill with that celerity when he's done adjusts his tie and goes walking back into Elysium to continue chatting because he's pretending to be a Camarilla member. Remember, city gang grill, he is Sabat. Right. Or not. Right. That's the cool thing about gang grill, really, any flavor. Right. And and I think uh, it's important too in those situations. If you can present a good enough story, I, I can't understand why a reasonable storyteller wouldn't go, oh, yeah, I like that concept. That's good. Right. You know, and and I really wanted to touch too on. You talked about how people tend to overlook the gangrel. I feel like there's actually two uh, negatives that the gangrel encounter. One is that being overlooked because fuck it, I'll just play a bruja. And two is I just want to play a gangrel because I want to be a combat monster. Right. I want to have wolf claws. I want to have fortitude. I don't care about any of the the particularities of the clan. I don't care about. You know how you play them or how you embrace them, or I just I want to have wolf claws and I want to have fortitude because I want to fuck shit up for sure. 
And I think that those things are a detriment to the clan, but not in not it's not the clan's fault. I no. think it's just a lack of initiative by players to look at what those that clan has to offer, how unique and diverse it can be, and how rich it can be for a story. You fail as a storyteller or player. If you play this game mechanically, you can work out the one through five system, five being greater. You know having more dots is better than not. Right. Having more traits is better than not. More advanced you get into discipline, better than not. The most powerful and broken discipline in the entire book has and will always be presence. Always. As powerful as you think combat monster Gangrel is, he is cowed by somebody who can entrance him. <laughs> right. It's that simple. Right. He's cowed by it. Because right. you have to role play it. I know you can blow a willpower to ignore it, man, and really you really hate him and you want to do it. And really, that was White Wolf's pacification. The power of a vampire that you can't get rid of, you've already stated, that makes them dangerous, is their their way to persuade, their way to just naturally get you to want to be fed right. on by them. They're like a living seduction of oblivion. And, and, and the gateway to oblivion is through the blood, into their mouth. And that's what it is. And if you get someone like a Torador, or a Ventru, or a Bruja, or, or anyone who learns presence even, their personality is shown through it. And to a gang girl with presence, that's frightening. The mere ferocity of something with long claws, blood-stained teeth, you know, a wolfish meets lion type face because of all the frenzies they've had, the bigger teeth, as it enters a room and it's like a McDonald's at night. And all they do is extend a handout and three or four people magically end up wanting to, why they're terrified, but yet they walk towards him as he coldly drapes his arm over him and you realize he has Patagia bat-like adaptations over it and then graces him out the door his fingers were longer than they should have been that's horrific and those people are never seen again that's presence in the hand of a gang girl it helps them get food they're right. drawn to he didn't have to talk he just had to be there right and he drew them to him and that's different levels that's more dangerous than anyone ever hurling a car at something right because someone here's inevitability you live a life of violence you are destined to die by violence that is something the gangrel accept. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hand over fist. But when you're a clan that accepts that, how much more dangerous are you, the prince, who has to figure out what level of force it takes, what ruthlessness you have to go to to put down that guy, if it comes to that. Right. Much better to maybe take care of his uh, faux pas. Right. And, and and what do you do when you're a prince and you're used to dealing with your, your Torador and your Ventru, even your Bruja, and this gangrel has become a problem and suddenly you're out of your depths because he doesn't have a herd you can take from him. He doesn't care about the trivialities of your court. Hell, he only owns one pair of pants and right. that's just because <laughs> he can't walk around dick a flapping. He's, he's got a cover for, you know, for conservative uh, uh, people. You know, how do you deal with that? Now you have to resort to physicality. Well, the interesting thing is you could. You could also try to meet him on his level. Right. Because there's two different versions of this. Somebody like that who becomes a problem, what does that problem mean? Right. Constrained feeding? Is he scaring the herd? Is it getting harder? to? Is he feeding too much? Well, if he's feeding too much and I'm the sheriff, fuck, that's an elder, isn't it? If it's the same guy in the same area who keeps feeding on people out of this area and he's made that a territory and that's clearly not his territory and the primogen Tordor who's mentioned it 
is like, listen, it's an outdoor garden. That's the area I had. And it's connected to part of downtown. This guy keeps showing up at dusk, feeds on three or four people, licks the wound, thankfully. But these people remember that they were assaulted in some fashion and then right. leave. And folks are going to stop when to come to my businesses. That story gets to the sheriff. Now, your sheriff, suckerhead. Who cares? Sheriff, suckerhead, whatever clan you are, you go to investigate and you're like, shit. When I look at the videotape, he came right out of the rose bushes. And he didn't give a shit. No fucks mm-hmm. were given. Right. As he grabbed the nearest three people and just held one or two people, held one down as he ripped out the throat of one and began feeding. And I do mean ripped out. Remember, the fangs of a vampire, particularly when feeding, no matter how savage, it's pleasurable. So they can bite to open a wound and they're supposed to. And they're lapping up that blood. And when it's done, they lick the wound. You hope. And then they, they go about their merry way. But imagine being held down by that gang girl I described, all claw and whatnot. And then he turned, and in the horror, the one guy who has to watch as you're feeding on his wife, he releases your wife, licks the wound. She's been moaning the whole time in ways you would thought you made her feel in the bedroom and you didn't. And then he turns to you and bites you. And then he's gone. Suddenly he's gone. But everyone's screaming and wondering this monster came out of nowhere. Oh, that's, that's a breach. Right. right. You got to deal with it. But then that order somehow covers it up, explains some things, some menu discounts are given. Those people are discredited. However, it happens. The masquerade continues, but the sheriff still has to go back and tell the prince, we have a problem. Right. Now that prince has two choices. I'm going to go deal with this guy because clearly he's getting more and more excessive. Or he goes, you can't even get a description. No. Maybe the prince decides to have a evening's meal at that particular spot waiting for this guy to come back at one point or another to have a chat, i.e. the prince and a good one has low humanity. He definitely gets the beast and he understands territory. And in fact, he's even angry because you are impinging upon his territory that he allowed a lesser to watch for him. Right now he's here to meet you beast to beast to understand what goes on. That is a very awesome scene that can be run if ran well, and it doesn't have to be combat. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. That's... However, I just set that side to set you up because when it comes down to combat, Nate, what does that prince have to do? <sighs> Typically, he has to show that gangrel he's his better. And a lot of times it's going to come down to physicality. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily have to. It's, to... it's it, it very well could start that way. But, you know, that prince, again, we talk about things like presence. That prince can, quote unquote, show that gangrel through his words, if the gangrel is willing to listen, uh, through his just very presence of being, that I'm a greater predator. Maybe it doesn't have to get down to, because prince in, my, in this scenario, in my head, is Ventrue. Oh, sure. It's Always. Definitely Ventrue. That's the go-to. So, you know, that prince is going to, he's going to bank on the fact that I've hardened myself, okay? I've, I've invested my time and my fortitude. I've hardened myself. I, I spent a couple of hundred years on the battlefield before I put on the suit. So I'm not going to underestimate this gangrel, but I'm going to hope that I don't have to take more than one. Right. <laughs> right. And then I'm going to very sternly explain to this gangrel in a way that hopefully he'll understand. Because who knows how old he is? Who knows where the hell he came from? Right. Who knows how long he's been in the ground before he decided to wake from torpor? Hopefully we can have a conversation and I will impart upon him that I am a powerful predator, much more powerful than him. And I've established this as, as my territory, but I'll let him reside here. I'll let him hunt here, but 
under conditions. This is the hope we're having. Hopefully, this is how this breaks down. To Worst me, case scenario, not so much. To me, is that Prince? I don't use presents on him at all. I just talk to him. And what I do is I sit there. And as I talk and he tells me, I don't care that you're Prince. I'm going to feed as I want. And when he turns to leave, I'm gauging my sheriff and deputies. That's fair, too. At any given point, they should have jumped in. At any given point. Because really, it was a test of their loyalty. It's going to happen, whether it's a gangrel or a bruja or a torador. No matter what clan oversteps their mark and doesn't go through acknowledgement, most likely it's a gangrel. But there are concessions given to the gangrel. We expect these allotments of outbursts that comes with the territory of running a city. But most importantly, I'm dealing with that sheriff who couldn't handle this in the first place. Right. I'm dealing with those deputies who don't seem to know their part. And they're the ones who get my presence and wrath. Oh, I'll let that gangrel go because now they better catch him. Or I'm going to use them as an example. Why? Draconian. Yeah, that's is fair. Wh- is why. I'm not going to risk my neck to get that predator who I respect. He came up and fed and said, fuck you. Prove why you're prince. I'm here to meet him. Told him why. He told me what he's going to do. Nothing else need be said, except I show him now what the what pack means. You're a loner? Very well. Good luck to you. And my pack better be strong. Right. Because if my arm, the sheriff, can't show that strength, I need a new sheriff. I see where you're coming from, good sir. I see where you're coming from. But meanwhile, you're playing the prince and your players are going to stand there. Your player's a sheriff. Two other players are deputies. And they're just odd. So they don't even think to jump in. And they end up getting the shaft <laughs> that is correct that's the, and that's really how it's going to end up rolling downhill because at this point your players are like well fuck i don't want to get into a fight here right but i don't want to risk my character right, it like, seems real i have like 60 xp i spent on this character like that guy went gonna, nose to nose with the prince and gave no fucks that dude's got wolf claws like I seriously do? i have one level of fortitude i'm not fighting this gangrel <laughs> and and here's the point guys um Oftentimes, in the line of duty, you're going to be called to uphold your title, right? Especially as Camarilla. And why we went through that is because Clan Gangrel doesn't care. They see it differently. Your laws of accounting is laughable. Your right of progeny, there's no Prince of Yellowstone Park. There's no (laughs) Prince of Death Valley. It's, I go where I go and make who I make because I felt what I felt. And if you had a problem, you would have stopped me, but you weren't there. Therefore... Not your territory. What was the term on the road? Every man is his own prince. That's exactly the term. So that's <laughs> that's how it goes. And it's the truth. And that's why this clan is awesome. But how does this rambunctious group uh, clan fit in a group? Well, if you're running a tabletop game and you know you have a gangrel, do not make them the bruja of the group. Don't ever right. do that. You have to really establish with this player, well, how far along is he as a gangrel? Is he a neonate? Which is ideal. Neonate's still figuring out what the blood is or how to do it. Someone came along to help him, maybe with feeding, and they see that he's young. Maybe he thinks he's a caitiff. Often happens. Even quote that. Right. It happens in the book. But him adapting to his environment is still impressive by a sire, which is why a sire didn't kill him. Someone found him. He allowed him to show him the ropes. They're learning. Eh, so be it. Later on, that sire isn't coming up with him, and that's going to be a mentor. Yeah, that Bruja Torador, whoever took you in your wing. They meant well, but here's what it is to be us. Why did you leave me? What? <laughs> Why? Why? You still talk like prey. <laughs> Do you have to be there? <laughs> right. Or maybe you turn around and you're like, going, listen, cut that out. I did you a favor. Right. You had to prove that you're strong enough that when I'm not around, which may be often, maybe not. 
you can stand on your own two feet. Now you can sit there and say, I fucked up and left you to figure out what it's like to be dead and that you can't breathe anymore and that the sun burns and then fire burns and blood is the life or I let your instincts right. take over and hone and you figured it out. And then you even had the wit to find somebody who was good at covering up who's been farther down the road. You found them. They didn't right. find you. I could have carried you or you could have walked on your own. And you walked on your own. So now I meet you as an equal. As a friend, as a mentor, and we can talk about the clan and what it is to be Gangrel. Which version do you want? Now let me tell you a story about West Philadelphia. There you go. And you, and you, <laughs> roll, right, you roll right into who he is and what that's about. Great clan. And to the players, yeah, that's a side scene he got that they didn't. But when you come back as a Gangrel, you should be much more. It's a purist. It's, right. it's a clan who clearly was made to cut through the bullshit. Right. And, 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 you know, even beyond that, you're talking about, like, that's a scene that that player got, the other ones didn't. Well... What are you doing with the other ones? Like, shouldn't they also have their own unique take on their introduction to their clan or their introduction to the unlife? You know, if you're going down that road, if you're going to sit down and have a game and your players are all playing newly embraced characters, give them their introduction. Like, give them give them what their clan, uh, what their clan's known for. Whether you're playing... A tabletop. And, you know, I do this a lot, too. Every storyteller does. I got such a big story. I want to hurry up and get the story and get it in. You got to go through the paces. You got to let them know who's in the city they're in. You got to show that clan, not support, but at least a pecking order. Let them know what's there, what's not there, right? That could be a story, too. But showcase it. Have them sires have those moments, have those things where players go, fuck. Well, I can't do that because this, this clan's... If I'm a Tremere and I'm in a city and I go, ha, 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 I'm the only Tremere in the city, free to do what I want. Well, I failed as a storyteller depicting what that clan expects of you as a Tremere. Right. Because it's pretty rote. And when we get to the clan book, we'll go over it in depth. But the Tremere definitely have a method to every city and what they want them to do. And above all else, it's to be effective to the Camarilla. That's how they have their survival. Right. And when we talk about the Tremere, every book that we've read so far that had the Tremere on his own in his own city that was like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want. There was an outcome every single time. Death. Every single time. So, you know, take the time to learn those clans and help to walk your players through that process because when you do that, it's no longer going to be about, well, it says it in the book, so that's what it's got to be. It When they experience it themselves, when they are embraced and they're left to go fuck off on their own right. and their sire comes back a year later, six months later, 10 years later, and now is going to sit down with them and tell them a tale. Well, now they understand. Now they personally have experienced this. It's no longer, well, yeah, it's what it says in the book. So that's what it is. It's no longer the rule just because you said it's the rule. Now it's something they've experienced personally. You know, the, and, and we, we talk about this a lot when we talk about storytelling and that's ramifications. That's that's responsibility for actions. Consequences. Exactly. Consequences for what you do or what you don't do. Call me consequences creed. I don't care. Right. And, and that, that is a big part of this game. And it should be a big part of any role-playing game. When you play a video game, you're not so much going to have that. But you're playing a video game. The great ones. No, the the, absolutely, absolutely. The the really great games, there is ramifications for what you do. Basically, Bioware made them. 
<laughs> some uh, some other games, you know, but mostly mostly we're talking about the, the better role playing games out there. You know, we're not talking about Grand Theft Auto five star ramifications. We're, those aren't the kind of consequences we're trying to impart. We're imparting, you know, in real life, when you commit a crime, you get investigated, you may get caught, you may go to jail. Well, this you game may is, not get caught. Right. You may not go to jail, but you a good example. You stole a shipment of heroin from a from a drug deal gone bad. It was a truckload of it. There are 15 guys were dead. People shot down. You fed and killed the two people who were fleeing that were undercover cops. They're dead. You were smart. You, you drained some of the blood to feed and then you shot them in the head and moved on. Easy feeding, easy as breathing. And then you were like, wait a second. Well, they're not going to use it. Let's not take all the hair and that'd be done. We'll, we'll just take this box. Right. And you leave. What you don't know is you just took a million and a half from an organization that needed that definitely. Right. And you took it and you plan on selling it as you need money, as you do. What you're not aware of is that you're right. You don't leave any fingerprints. No one's going to catch you. There are no cameras where they met. There's just death. But then those organizations in the underworld are going to come looking. Right. The streets are going to be hopping. You're going to have strains on police who are on the take right who are going to crack down on those people they know right. you know because everyone pays everyone is connected to everyone right and any good crime drama we just started that film there's right there's a there's a chain the boss of that organization goes we're out a million and a half dollars i got three of my best guys dead some of my most trusted men where the fuck is this asshole who stole this money from me it's not even about the heroin anymore you took money from my pocket Okay. And yeah, still are. Right. Okay. Well, you know, there's how are they going to find me? Well, what are you going to do with the heroin? It's got to go somewhere. More importantly, why don't you play that undoubted primogen or not even primogen, then Ancilla, who's cultivated the street slash underworld to a point to where son of a bitch, that million and a half kept the in infrastructure alive and all sides benefited. You know, people were happy with the drugs they got. Folks right. were happy with the money they got. Money went to neighborhoods. Money helped out. This was just causing their influence to grow. You just stifled that. You now have them having to come from the shadows to directly get involved. And when they have to do that, you might as well just bring everyone in the hierarchy involved. Because they're going to want to know, why is this mover and shaker stepping forward all of a sudden? Point is, you better leave town. <laughs> you took it, you better leave and hope they're reached stops at city limits. Or... You already thought about all this and you have a great plan. Right. That's the point. You know, you, you have to live. This game has to live in a world that breathes. It has to live in a world that has its own pulse. Every little aspect, there should be ramifications. There should be consequences. There should be an equal reaction to your action. And we've said it a ton of times. Like, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but truthfully, in these situations, you're doing players a disservice. And you as a player, if you're just skipping over that shit, if you're just like, ah, whatever, fuck it, I don't care, you're doing yourself a disservice. I'm going to sum it up. You don't steal John Wick's car, and you don't shoot his dog. <laughs> right. Otherwise, you get Baba Yaga. You get the boogeyman. <laughs> right. That's how it is. It's that simple. That movie sucks balls if it didn't have the consequence. The whole movie right. is comeuppance. Right. The whole movie. And that's why you like it. You don't like John Wick because he's another dude that could fly on wires and shoot people. You like John Wick because he was a guy retired who had a wife die of cancer. Nothing violent like a gun or a bullet. She died of cancer and he retired because he had to be there for her and he watched her go through it. Lost a lot of his fortune to do it. 
and he can't get her back. And he's a guy hollowed out. And then he gets this dog. It's a dog she set him up with because she knew her husband. Her love that strong, she knew. And he has this puppy, and he's taking care of it, and he's going to live on because of her. And he said it wasn't going to kill again because of her. Then you kill his fucking dog and you steal his car. And God damn it, no matter how many times I watched that film, it wasn't violent enough. He should have <laughs> came on. There just should have been mothers getting cacked. There should have been people just disappearing in restaurants over. Right. Someone went shopping, bad day. You get killed with a watermelon. I don't care what John Wick did. You should have done more. You shot the puppy. I'm just saying. I no, that the, shit. But that's, if you look at any of the, the, the best films, the best fiction, the success of those comes down to consequence. It comes down to the reaction of the rest of the world to the, to, to what you do when you, when you play in a game and you can just do whatever the fuck you want and there you're the, the star of the show and you should be, but when you're just carte blanche, you're, you're on top of everybody else. Like you, how is that fun? How is that interesting? How does that, bring any sense of realism i don't know but uh that's a rant that doesn't need to continue like i think you get it we've beaten a dead horse i agree I finally agree. i'm gonna shoot his carrot yeah i may even have it wrong i was like for a brief moment I'm like was this dog shot i don't even remember i just know he was murdered that's all i know however he went down it was bad news uh but beating a dead horse sometimes is good because i think it expresses quite a bit uh but we often end with a colorful thing about a gang girl gang girl story or get into that yeah um you don't have many gang girl stories going on you said that yeah i will tell you as a storyteller of gang girl i've watched every single time a player of a gang girl isolate themselves in being a gang girl and when they do that i do my best to get them to pull out of that isolation what do i mean by isolation they don't understand why you care about politics they're not going to understand where adhering to this elysium or why you care care why you care they don't get it and immediately as a storyteller players don't look at you like well why is this guy even playing i gotta tell you that's not the storyteller's fault it never is we it takes a group to isolate someone and when you have someone like that who doesn't understand and clearly says it i don't get why you do that and they have a different way of looking at it it's your job of inclusion to include them and if you're playing a character whose ego doesn't understand social graces because we take for granted that you're the bell of the ball as a torador as that player that you know how to socially interact well guess what people who socially interact with others don't shit on them they don't right if someone comes up and doesn't know a first thing about a van gogh or what have you well they quickly ascertain whether or not this person is an art lover or just happens to misstep or misspeak or whatever now in their head they formulate a quick opinion and judgment and they're going to put them through the paces by getting to know them, but they still get to know them. They still make that person feel welcome and warm and glad to know you. That's the point. You put your hook in them to get them to come back to you as a trusted source. Right. Then you let that person be themselves and go around. You'll even defend that person against other people. But it's, it's to show everyone how magnanimous you are, how open to others you are. Now, when you're up in front of the harpy... And you're around people who want to rip people apart. And then Harpy goes, what do you think of that gang girl? You mean the mutt that decided I'm his best friend? Can you believe he walked up in Elysium and didn't even know that was a Van Gogh? He had no idea what he was looking at. Mm -hmm. I had to sit there and listen to his long story about Bubba and Harpy's like, oh dear. Oh my God. I can't believe you went through that. Mm -hmm. Is that any more a feat than me turning around and, you know, 
that's where, in other words, time and place mean everything. And if you have a player who doesn't get that social nuance, I would question them playing the social character, not the gangrel player. Now, as a storyteller, you're in a bind, because how do you get that player back? How you get them back is, yes, you do give them opportunity to explore their world, but through their senses, right? Why are you going to go back to a dank warehouse that has woods in the back and that's fine, but you're not well-versed in animalism, okay? I'll give you both ends, but they're not well-versed in animal. They went the Fortitude Protean route. They mm -hmm. don't have much on social nothing, and they're just, they need to learn their world. Whatever a player lacks in their sheet, they're a vampire. The cool thing about a storyteller is to note that a vampire player wants to be, will become a jack-of-all-trades. That's the point, to some right. degree. They should learn, all vampires should learn a little bit about subterfuge. All vampires should learn a little bit about empathy. They help you blend in. And to a gangrel, it helps you empathize with more than just the humans, right? And uh, that's, that's the goal, you know, empathize with your fellow gangrel, with your fellow vampires, understand your courts and whatnot, so that you know what you can rip apart. So you know where you can be yourself without repercussion. Right. Um, or you also know when to topple the house. You know, all those things matter and can relate to your skills. The other half of it is, let's say you're a gang girl who has animalism and you're more in tune with animals and you're out there and you're understanding and you're knowing. My request is that you analyze why you chose to play this gang girl. And if it is to uphold the animalism angle, then use your animals as those so-called spies. Be the fly on the wall. Be the asset to the team. That's what you're there for. Right, be right. The, be the one where those those percept it's it should be refreshing to encounter a character who's black and white as an animal is with instinct we listen to the prince because if you don't you die well yes that's true gangrel but you know we're this is a simple matter of this is his house and his haven and he just wants it to be remodeled and we're deciding which one of us actually you just said this puts you in a better position to have more of a hold over another member of the city that's exactly what you said mm -hmm. <laughs> well yeah well then if you do that the prince will kill you because they'll find out. Well, no, King girl, you don't understand. It's okay. I'm going to take him outside. We're going to have a chat. And then in my coterie, it breeds role play. It's right. like, I got to go. Stop it. Not here. You're here to back me up. You're not here to ruin everything. You know, <laughs> your rat told me this meeting was going on. I came in and said a friend of a friend. Do you know how hard it is to lie that a rat told you information to get me in here? Your owl spotted the princes on the other side of town. That's the only reason I'm even having this meeting. You know, <laughs> those are the cool role play moments where people have to deal with that. Right. And as a storyteller, if you have a team of people who don't do that or who, when you pitch that ball, they drop it. Don't, don't just wash them about it. Like you guys suck. Pick them up, put them through the paces, tell them what their character would be doing or why, or give them options to what their character can do. It is okay to leave your player who is not a vampire in a choose their own adventure. You know, hey, your vampire smells this, takes it like that, understands these things and will under, you know, tell them what their sheet is that they made and make them a part of the story. And it's the only way you're going to make the Gangrel clan sing because they're a clan that does not have the easy out of being more human than the others. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the only time I remember a Gangrel that you played was at a, a local game at the college and I, I'm trying to remember specifics, but I think you were either deaf or mute. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that character? And I believe I played a gangrel with you. I think this was a frog's game. A long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember anything about that? Out. Jog my memory. I'm, I'm trying to jog your memory as I'm trying to jog mine. But basically, 
if I remember correctly, and I could be fucking remembering this incorrectly, but like somehow we got in trouble. We did something to piss somebody off. And I feel like at some point they tried to like make you a harpy. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I do. I do. Um, I think um, if I remember correctly in that game, it wasn't that I was either. I wasn't deaf or mute. I had issues. I, I was black and white. Oh, so you I, just had like a social. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was, devo- I was devoted to the ferocity of the character that the point was to be. It was very challenging, very energy draining. Like I remember that I had to interpret motions of people as being either aggressive or not as they were in front of me and respond accordingly. Uh, case in point, do you remember the issue when I when I cut off the legs of the chair the individual was on? He kept kicking his legs up. I I don't remember the specifics. Okay. Like I remember I remember the concept. I remember that you 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 were definitely there was something that separated you from that's why I thought mute or deaf, but uh, memories are shit. Um, and I remember I was playing a gangrel as well, but I was like a much more socially capable right. gangrel. The, the issue was, is that I wanted to play the anachronism mm-hmm. that a vampire can have of the ages, you know? And when I woke up, I just barely grasped English. Like it's broken. I wasn't particularly good with it. And I, when I went to sleep, it was the Algonquins. That's who was around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough to where, what's this English? <laughs> right. And, what's any of the shit? And so quickly I start learning English and we, we role played with the storyteller did a cool scene where, uh, the, the prince's ghoul is who found me after a feeding. There was a, a fairground that we all know we have out here, um, where it's, uh, you can go and eat, uh, big chicken legs and watch the night's fight. I don't know why I can't remember the place. Oh, uh, medieval times. Yes. Medieval times. I woke up near medieval times by just region of where I went to sleep and also thought it'd be great for a role play scene. And I was correct. Storyteller loved it. Uh, the way I wrote it, I woke up and just mauled through uh, the actors when they were going through their beginning of their play <laughs> Which because problematic to say because I demanded. Now, understand. I'm speaking Algonquin, right? And if it wasn't Algonquin, I'm speaking Latin. Latin is what I thought was the, the language. And so I demand in Latin to speak to the king of, of these knights and how dare they build upon this territory. They are far removed from anywhere that they have an army and I rule here. And that was that. Was that. I made this grand display. Like I, I beckoned the horses not to move and they stopped and these guys couldn't get him to move. And then one guy picked up his fake rubber weapon and he was going to hit it with it. And I lost my shit. And I tore through him, broke his neck, fed, cut open another guy. They fled and hid. And there's no king. And it was a really bad thing to do. And it was a really big mess. (laughs) And so I sat in my demence, happy what was going on, and didn't understand why when I went to find them, there's all these outfits. Right. More clothes than any king could ever need everywhere. And they have these weird little sigils on them, and I don't know what it means. And there's this funny green paper. And I'm trying to take in all these scents and how this character might see this all as alien. Right. And someone is screaming at me that, you know, I'm some psychopath, don't kill them, because I've forgotten my monstrous features, the bestial features I've inherited. And uh, this ghoul, out of nowhere, I guess, answered the call. I've been there for about an hour and a half of hostage taking here, um, drives up and quickly explains to me what's going on, but I still don't understand. And he keeps making, he's pantomiming gestures about the fangs, and he's trying to gesture, pointing at me, pointing at him, but he gets it. 
uh-huh. of what's going on and that this is bad like makes the crying <laughs> symbol under his eyes and i'm kind of getting it and then uh he points out the fact that um he points to his phone and i'm like what is that and i get on the phone and i talk to the prince and the prince quickly speaks latin to me mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i get this okay all right and as he's talking to me he's like this isn't you just woke up old friend he's like yeah and he was completely gentleman about it hey i understand these things happen um the year is blah 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 not the year you remember is it right and then he has to explain concrete and why the ground why why is rock so easily melded and he's on the phone he's like holy shit like to the prince to the storyteller he's giddy right here's a player getting it and he couldn't understand it but to that to that ghoul that he's trying to role play he now wants to role play that ghoul on a live action scale and the prince tells me hey do me a favor come to elysium tonight but he has to describe it in big building terms, right? <laughs> so he tells me, we're going to go to this big building. It's going to have a lot of windows and it'll be a glow and there's this parking lot and it's near the water. You can see it. And when you fly there and you arrive, just taking liberties is just how old I am. Right. And also trying to gauge just how powerful I am because he believes I'm a gang girl at this point. And I will actually know I said in the introduction and then we go there. And when I arrive, I arrived I'm I'm a giant I'm a giant owl. I arrive, I land, walk in in human form, but I'm still wearing these old dusty pants and a jacket that's half rotted. Mm-hmm. When I walk in the door, because I'm timeless, clothes or not. Right. Off the bat, I have a harpy who, if you recall, pulled me to the side. That won't do. And when they pulled me to the side, they, if you recall, yeah, there's a big to do as she made the bur- or I forget who was the harpy. I think it was a girl, and I believe she made the Bruja take off their jacket, like basically piecemeal the Bruja. Right. You give me your shirt. You give me your jacket. Here's money for both. Put it on him. The prince's special guest is here. And they were real shitty about it. But it was cool. But the whole time, I'm trying to imagine these gestures, right, of what they're doing and kind of get with it. And that's that's the guy you were dealing with. Right. But when I'm talking about the guy who was kicking his legs, this player was not annoying. He was playing a Bruja iconoclast trying to raise hell and be annoying. And he keeps leaning back in his chair in the city meeting. I'm crouched in a corner because I'm really kind of embarrassed. Right. No, nobody knows me. I didn't come with this. And I'm not embarrassed as a gang was embarrassed. I'm embarrassed at what the world has become. Like I'm trying to get why they're, they're here. There's no, there's no story going on. There's nothing of entertainment really here. Someone's messed up. Then why don't you just kill them? I don't right. understand the fanfare. And while no one's explained this to me, except occasionally, I believe it was you who'd come over and. So if I remember this correctly, uh, I I was new to the game. I'd never played the game before, and I hadn't consulted with anybody previously. I was just like, oh, I'll make a gang girl. I think Bob's playing a gang girl. That should be fun. So I make like this seven five three, brand new. You know, neonate. Not you know, not like oh, I just got embraced yesterday, but yeah. just like a starting character. And they're like, oh, you're a gang girl. Great. Uh, so was he. Uh, keep track of him because he's he's weird. Or like they right. like they basically they don't even describe to me. So I'm like, yeah, it's a Gangrel there, and like you're way more Gangrel than I am. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely more just a dude who was embraced Gangrel pretty recently, and you're like I am Gangrel from the Gangrel place, and so they basically they're like, yeah, you you you're in charge of him. He's he's foreign. <laughs> or whatever uh so yeah just make sure keep him out of trouble i'm like yeah okay um, i'm new i like responsibility okay but meanwhile i don't speak the same language as you at all right and every time you do something that's like it, 
shouldn't be uh, something that flies. They're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't even speak this guy. I don't know if this guy can even talk. Like, I don't, I, I don't know his name. Like, what? yeah. Okay. Let me be in charge of this guy. Daunting fucking task. And so meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, this guy's like an elder who has no fucking conception of what's going on. And like, I've, I've been a vampire for 20 years. Like, what? I remember distinctly, which I thought was awesome was when, uh, the girl when it went to hug me. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. The Torador, she walks up, she goes, Oh, hi, everybody's here. And I was crouched down. Now folks, I'm crouched down and I have my hands between my legs and I keep tapping my knee and I keep tapping the floor. Now, what I brought, if you remember me wearing was a little finger armor. Yeah. That seemingly claws and I'm tapping it on the floor to just let everybody know wolf claws are out, kind of a representation. And when she comes over, I stood up immediately when the fast movement comes in my direction. And you were like, what? Because we were trying hard to get to be <laughs> right, on the common right. level and it just wasn't working. <laughs> Which I think was fantastic. <laughs> and when she darted and came over, you're like, no, no, it's cool. She's just, you know, it's cool. But your hand, your whole body, your posturing was just like, it's all right. So I stood up a little bit and I'm kind of away from her. Now I am 6'6". Six, six. I am a big dude. And I'm just kind of leaning back away from her. And she runs up and she's like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. And before, I don't know why she did it. She said hi to you. And she immediately jumped to hug me. And if you remember, I immediately physical challenged her. She <laughs> yeah. jumped to hug me, and I put my maw. I, I didn't really do it to her, but I told her, I don't bite, but I put my fanged teeth around your jugular. Just right there, and I growled right right in her ear. And she said something very coy, like, oh, my God, on the first date. And you were like, whoa, 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 time out. No, no, no. And to walk over and, like, like separate. She's not attacking. She wants to hug you. <laughs> right. It's a hug. Affection. Uh, because the girl ignored the fact she had a humanity that was sublu- it was lower than mine, to put it, to put it simple. I, on that gauge, I remember that character, what is in a scale? We'll just leave it to scales of one to ten. I had about a six. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like becoming a five, though. It was getting there quick. She was at a three. Right. I don't we didn't know why she was at a three. No. But when she approached, she's definitely predatory. I was pointing out the fact that the lower humanity is, the more monstrous you appear, the more predatory right. you are. Yeah, that's lost a lot in, in live action role playing because we're all people and it's very hard to portray that unless you go all in. Got to be all in. Right. You, you know, makeup, mannerisms, you know describing to people like I don't blink I don't pretend anything you know you can get away with it but in casual role-playing scenario it's very hard to put upon that but when you know like you're 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 so close to losing yourself to the beast like I can smell it coming off you (laughs) you know like yeah and you're this fucking gangrel uh anachronism who just woke up from torpor and here's this beautiful monster right it basically coming at you to entwine you in her tentacles so the the other gang girl story that i have is uh you remember playing a tabletop because i often feel we lean on live action table mm-hmm. has some actually better yeah no definitely stories, better in opinion um but uh if you recall you guys played that sabat pack where melissa was your doctor and she decided to play a gang girl and she made that gang girl who was just a beast in, in yeah, every way. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, um, a lot of times I lose myself in those stories, which is pretty fucking disappointing. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they're like, ah, oh, my character is fucking shit. But I'm always like, everybody else's character was awesome. I barely remember what I played. Right, because you, you, <laughs> it, it's weird. I have that problem, too. Yeah. Like, you have to jog my, I'm a, I'm, I'm a storyteller more often than I'm not. Right. And so there's thousands of things I've played. Right. 
So it's like, what hat was I wearing that struck you? And I like hearing what you liked about it most of all, out of meaning players. When they tell me what they were, I love that because right. then it's like, all right, cool. I touched you. That made a moment. I did my part. Well, in this one, I was awed of her character because there are like eight people in this group. There were there were two two packs, and she was a gang girl who I will tell you might as well just she's just a gang girl. I remember role playing a thing that she attended, which is the modern version of a gathering yeah. for gang girl, and she listened to the war stories of her elders because that's what they talk, talked about was the dark ages and the good times when blood flowed heavy and you know any qualm was answered with sword and shield and only the claws ruled the right. woods were dominated by the gang girl and no one would go into them how they missed those days and she decided those days are still here and i'll never forget it you guys went back as a package she didn't tell you guys what she was doing she just decided that the first templar to tell you guys what she could and couldn't do she gutted him do you remember that? Yes, I do. Zero fucks were given. <laughs> yes, I do. Like as a as a storyteller, I was shocked. As a person, I was shocked. Melissa has always been, um, not to talk about her on a podcast, but she's always been very much plays the beautiful people. She's gorgeous in real life, you know. But she decided that just because a girl is gorgeous doesn't mean she doesn't have a wild side, a violent side. And she portrayed this gang girl huntress. If you've seen the movie Centurion, there's a girl in there who's had her tongue tore out. It's a story about her hunting down this last Roman through her territory. And she's brutal and violent. Check it out. It's on Netflix. But that's where a lot of her pull came from. She felt inspired by this film. But when this Templar walked up just to ask who the Ductus was and the group hadn't decided, uh-huh. when she reached up and showed him his intestines and smeared him across his face and pushed him back, I was like... Well, that's the ductus. <laughs> it clears up out of confusion. Everybody was good. Thank and I mean, the stuff much. this pack did, you guys kept outdoing each other because you had a ductus who could sink into the ground and you guys were just following her. And you guys went from Chicago, which mm-hmm. we love to start, and you went all the way up to D.C., if you remember. Yeah. And when you went to, I believe it went past, uh, yeah, we got to D.C., you heard what was going on in Philadelphia. You were looking for the war effort, nomads. And when uh, you got there, she decided she was feeding. And a pack was like, oh, well, where are we going to feed at? Well, in particular, someone looked up. Well, we would have gotten in this part of the city. Well, the nearest population of people are easily accessible. She's like, I don't care. There. And what she said there was was an Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was laughing just like you're laughing now. It's like an Applebee's. She goes, all the people are there. They're eating. She's always like, yeah. She goes, well, pray doesn't notice it when they're eating. So there. And everybody was like, no, no. How do we tell her no? And out of character, they're like, Melissa, how do we tell it? She's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm the ductus, right? I'm Alpha. You figure it out. That's someone else's job, and and there was there was definitely someone in the mm-hmm. pack whose job was to clean up the messes. And as I recall, that Nosferatu player was was at his wit's end. Mm-hmm. There's only so many times you can throw bodies in the car and set them on fire before you're leaving a pattern. Right, exactly. And what happened was you guys went in to the Applebee's, and the Thunder Camera was ready because you had done it cities across. Yeah, it would just be feeding where the whole restaurant goes quiet. And brutal. It's just left the way it is. What folks didn't know was Marcus Patel is not an easy man to deal with. No. And here came the police. And she was like, so? And waded through it. Like, the guys in riot gear are coming up. And she's getting shot with mass bullets. But you got to understand, we've played this game long enough to where she now has, like, the high levels of fortitude, the high levels of protean. Her animalism is used to beckon swarms at this point. And she was like, you're here to test me? Well, you got to be stronger. This is food. I don't have time for prey. <laughs> Here come the swarms. And then the pack is just shooting and rifling and tendriling and horde forming. 
not because they're Sabbat, but because we our ductus is, is a psychopath. Like, there's no no here. <laughs> right. We gotta be all brain all balls, no brains. We don't got a choice. When the bruja ante amongst you is the source of reason, <laughs> right? Covered in blood. Right. I remember him hurling a cop car to cause an explosion. That was you. That was you, Nate. You played that to cover it up. I remember the huge explosion to draw the news crew away, and you were like, no! Hey! Presence! Bad, Wolf! Bad! We leave now! Out of town we go! Right. This is bad! And, and she was like, no, we no leave. Yeah. Why? This is not going to get better. It's not. This is going to get worse. And why? Because she was told one person is the baddest of the lot. Were we the, were we the biker gang? Was that that game? Yes. So I, I do remember my character uh, to put in, into perspective, if this is the correct um, game. So I, I, uh, I was like, man, um, I know we got, we got some pretty sick ass uh, concepts for characters. <laughs> right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a character directly from a movie and uh, I'll let y'all uh, be the judge of, of her level of depravity compared to mine. So if you're familiar with a movie called Another 48 Hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, I decided to play Cherry Gans. Okay. Yep. Cherry Gans is like the, yeah. the, the, the uh, complete fucking sociopath biker who him and his buddy shoot up a fucking prison bus and flip it 23 goddamn times. And just like these guys are like crank doing psychopaths unhinged the like the worst possible criminals you can have in a city like San Francisco. So this was like my level. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with this fucking depraved biker and I'm going to fuck <laughs> shit up. And then uh, we have the fucking warlike huntress Valkyrie fucking psycho gangrel for a pack leader and suddenly cherry gans is now the fucking voice of reason <laughs> right the voice of reason and i remember her saying she told everybody that in her history the camarilla had come and killed her whole family and a solitary gangrel embraced her mm -hmm. and never came back right and so with them dead she grew up hating them the sabbat told them what they were and so she made her way and that was that and why I love that concept is because it's a storyteller. You all may be thinking, well, where are the consequences you guys were talking about? I brought them. <laughs> they were coming. By the way, no consequence bigger, but you got to do it smart. You don't just roll it out. Right. Like with your big guns. You don't bring your A game first. You got to slowly do it. You know, first you cover it up and you send that elder who the pack devoured. Right. So let's yeah. look at this. In Chicago, the Bruja Anarch who came in to calm it down was really friends with the deputy and just smoothing things over. They whooped his ass. That was the warning. Then came the sheriff. They staked and diabolized him. I do remember that. And, uh, it was in a bar. And did him in. Yep. Then we move on up, and I believe we hit Detroit, and we did. Mm -hmm. And the Sabbat there, that's where the disembowelment of the Templar happened. That's where you met the beast, Leatherface of Detroit, and she bonded with him, <laughs> yeah, if you recall that. I do. <laughs> in the sewer, wearing his psycho git mask and buzz saws, choked. some poor victim didn't make it. He tried to spook the pack. I do. And he did. And, and I remember, basically, the rest of this pack, we were kind of out of our depths, because we were like, we're shit-kicking fucking nomadic, badass motherfuckers. And then we came in contact with her and we were like, we're way she's she's way. <laughs> and so basically this whole pack is just playing like fix all of her fuck ups because she, she's more of a badass than we are. 
We're we're way less. She is the remaining survivor after survivor after survivor. And we're like, yeah, we're a pack. We lost our ductus. Oh, shit. I guess she chose us. Get your mops. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And uh, what was it? Her trial by fire in Detroit, because we had new members, was uh, the beast had to be brought to heal. Mm-hmm. And the beast cut up one pack member, cut up another one. And she felt enough heart was shown, I guess, and just walked in. I use walk loosely. She loved the all fours. That was her common mode of operandi. Loping. And uh, she uh, loped in, and the guy had a chainsaw and went to chainsaw, her, and she cut the chainsaw up with yep. wolf claws. Yeah. Because she took that combo where they're like iron, and she yep. could parry him with it. And when she did it, the beast looked at her. She looked at him. He went his way. The pack left. They bonded. Right. He's like, this is what I do. She was like, this is who I am. And they're like, well, all okay. right. All right. Tip Another of the hat. Was, neither one of us are swinging. We're out. I was like, cool. I didn't tell her that as a player. We didn't say that out of game. That's just what she said she was doing. That was the response. And I thought that was cool. But she still disemboweled a Templar who was like, <laughs> right. you guys going to go to the Archbishop because we're trying to give you story. The story is the war is going up to D.C. from Atlanta. Right. Go support Cardinal Domingo de Polonia and his war effort. And that went beautifully. If you recall, you guys flew in, right? I don't mean, not, I don't mean fly literally, but you guys came in on this truck. Uh, no, it was an oil rig. For some reason, I think it was Jeff who decided he was going to keep it. <laughs> and he's riding in with it and the whole pack's around and on her bikes. And she's sitting on the front most of the time and then decides she's going she's to stand on the hood of the car driving down the highway. <laughs> yes, I folks, do remember. Folks, this isn't a hidden pack. <laughs> I'm literally taking notes of the camera as to how fast they can respond following this team, giving notes ahead. I remember there was one person, and even he said, nah. I love me some killer B. You know that. Yeah, right, right. Archon Theo Bell was on Polonius' ass in cannon. That's where it was. He was looking to stop the Sabat effort. They get wind. The, what is it? The um, current Justicar in Prince Jaroslav Pasek releases Bell, tells him, you take whatever Archons and deputize whoever else and squash this fucking problem. Yeah. All I remember is the wolf pack from Chicago, which is yep. three three archons came rolling up as Gangrel. Yep. And you guys, she she bonded. They rolled up and were like, Yeah, Yo, you need to bring it in. You know, if I pull it over, you know, we're gonna kill your ass and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Why? And they were like, Oh, because they said you're ripping apart the masquerade. And she was like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah, but you're Sabat. She goes, What's Sabat? And they were like, Oh. Well, shit. And I'm looking at the character and I'm looking at their backgrounds and looking at how they would take that. And I'm remembering the gang girl and what's going on. And they're like, well, well, this is funny. <laughs> and they roll back and they're like, hey, uh, Bell, this is a you problem. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you kill him? He's like, well, man, you got to realize something. Uh, we're with the Camarilla because we're gang growing, but we're free. We're protecting an ideal. It's what we believe in. We're in Chicago serving a purpose. None of your business. But the point is, I'm Ramrod. And I love my bike. <laughs> and they're a biker gang. And she is a biker mama, son. <laughs> she ain't Sabat. The fuck you mean she ain't Sabat? They're not Sabat. Well, I mean, the rest of them following her might be Sabat. Right. But we're they're, they're we're running, distinctly under the impression we're Sabat. <laughs> they're running a hardcore recruitment scheme and she's not buying. He's like, what do you mean? That is one gang girl who is pissed that modern society hit. And she's turned all of modern society. That's her hunting ground. She gonna die. Ain't gonna be by us. <laughs> he's like really fuck you that's what independence gives and bell was like right well i'm gonna report this then 
sends the report and he's like, well, then you get it done. And then when Bo went up there, do you remember Jeff hitting him with the fucking uh, semi truck? I don't, but it sounds like Jeff. Okay. So let me redo this. Bell comes and he decides to block the road with a semi truck. Right. Which the this is you guys did change vehicles, obviously. Yeah. This collision constantly. Happens. She literally told everyone, like, or did she even say it? They're driving forward. And I remember Jeff like, we're gonna hit this truck in the road. We're gonna hit it. And she didn't say anything. She just shifted forms. If you recall, she got that uh that um uh, that combo of beach Joe wrath. Mm-hmm. Where she looks more ferocious and bigger and more wolfish and yeah, all yeah, that. I do remember. Not a crinos, but just look more animal. And, and also, I, I believe that uh, it uh, it hides the wounds that you yes. receive. Yes. And what she did was she gripped, she dug her claws into the front of the hood of the semi, and Jeff is like, "Yeah, we're sabab, motherfucker!" And turned around and hit everybody with presents. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And it was like balls to the wall, another test of loyalty. Fuck yeah, this duck, this is awesome. Then you hit the truck and it exploded. Like you hit and it like movie fashion, fuck a car pile up. Folks die, tits and ass yeah. everywhere, right? And then we're rolling damage, and I'm like, well, 10 dice of ag is fair, folks. And like three of you died. Mm-hmm. Some of you didn't. She took some ag, some didn't, uh, because they were knocked away. Folks were in Torpor, but she grabbed the people in Torpor, threw them in another vehicle. I remember you knitting your body back together, tying a leg back on, <laughs> trying to figure out feeding on what you could. Right. As the police got there, do you remember that? The police yes. were getting there and you were presenting them over. Yeah. You're like, oh, like, oh wounded God, girl, biting their angle and feeding. And they were shooting other cops who tried to run. We need the food. <laughs> Such an awesome, crazy ass scene. And the whole time she just chalantly throws him in the truck and then she pointed to the wheel because she doesn't know how to drive. And you were like, I got a bad leg. I got to drive. And it's you now. <laughs> Fuck. And then she went back and, you know, tried waking him up and her blood was low enough. She could. And everyone woke up and we're still rambling. Right. Yep. You take all that. This is a storyteller. I went, Archons. She just pissed all over him. Right. That peck said, Fuck. We don't care. And a lot of people thought they died. That explosion hit. And, well, they're done. You know, what was all the gunfire? It was one of the members who didn't quite die. It looked like he died. We're done. We're happy. Cool. Bell gives a bullshit report. <gasps> oh my God. He lied. Yes. He fucking lied. He barely <laughs> lived. These people are psycho. And I didn't live to be to kill a bee to sit around and go after full on psychopaths alone. Yeah. They died. Fuck on. I, whatever. <laughs> so this news gets pushed to the warlord. It, oh, it fucking hits Karsh. Cause Jaroslav tells the other justice guards and they're like, well, yeah, let's get advice. We're going to have to turn our attention. We're going to pick up all these pieces and move them to DC or, Karsh is going to have to take a train. That's right, that. Right. And it's a different story. We're now in D.C., just at the Applebee's. Everyone's freshly ate, and the bikers show up. And the way I run Karsh, the way we, we liked running Karsh, was that they all come up in these undescript clothing. It's all black leather clothing, what have you, jackets and whatnot. Everyone wears a biker helmet. No one takes it off. These are the caretakers of Karsh. Karsh is not beholden to the masquerade. In fact, he won't be. Right. <laughs> he refuses. I remember the first warning was this this chick gets out of a vehicle and it's an SUV and she has this tablet and she sits it down on the hood and she looks at the Applebee's, just nonchalantly glances at everybody and starts typing. And someone was like, what the fuck are you going to do, bitch? And she doesn't even respond. She's just typing away and she gets out two phones. One she calls immediately and starts talking about telling the news how some sort of incident happened on the other side of town, not here, i.e., she immediately starts sweeping shit under the rug. Right. Getting those wheels mowing, telling the prince what he's got to do, mowing it down. And then Karsh lands. 
and Karsh lands, no bike does he take. He comes loping in on all fours, stands up, starts looking around, and he literally cows the pack. He looks over there, and there were people who have, like, gang girl lore was like, this dude's big king shit. There's, right. there's nothing to do. And they start looking around, and, and people, you know, start bowing down, no big deal. And all hell broke loose. Because she was like, I don't give a fuck who that is. And what I remember <laughs> is, another semi-truck was used, because you guys love those semi-trucks. And someone in the pack went and got it, and were driving it forward. She dove on top of Karsh. Like, he showed up like king shit, and her mm-hmm. response was, who's greater right. and dove at him. Now I'm looking in the book stat for stat. She did not have a character to take on Karsh. She didn't No. but I'm role-playing Karsh and to Karsh. I wouldn't put her down fast. I don't often get to flex my elder muscle. We're going to see what this, what this gang girl has. Why he respects her. Right. She didn't bow. She didn't cow. <laughs> she dove right at him. Clearly she's a gang girl. And part of you as a storyteller sits there and thinks if Karsh ever was a mentor to anyone, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. if he ever was a mentor, would this one kind of fucking, you know, that might be it. Maybe they get to boxing and, you know, she tries carving them up and doing whatever. But then she does one thing that you don't expect. She hooks around the back of him and sinks her fangs in his neck and starts draining for all she's worth. And then the pack dove on him. When she started doing it, if you recall, the pack yeah. dove on him. Not your crazy ass. Nope. Your crazy ass was like, that dude don't give a fuck. <laughs> Zero fucks are given. He leaned down and like crushed someone's shoulder. I think he just killed someone outright. Absolutely. Just when they were dead. Well, and, and you have to you have to realize too. This is a character that has a dice pool that could kill you in one hit twice. Especially even if you're playing Ancillus about members, this is attack nuke. The tech nuke. This is I, I'm fucking Billy Badass, and I got a sword. I brought one from home. I'm gonna fucking hit this guy. Oh, I he lets me hit him. My sword breaks. He just offhand, just cleaves me in twain with his wolf claws. I'm fucking dust before I hit the ground. <laughs> As a storyteller, I thought to myself, this will be a great scene and actually hammer home that the Camarilla. Eh, they do up the ante. The warlord is by no means. That's not the only one they have. Right. But he is the current one, and this is the one they're using. But then I love my player's ingenuity as the pack's feeding. And remember, this pack has zero fucks to give. Like, they're feeding, and they're going to die. They are Kane's burning bright comments that will drop the elders. When you think about how the Sabbat jumped an antediluvian, if you've been listening to this, you now get an idea. Care to the wind, dove at him. We don't know how many it's going to take. We know how many we're going to use, though. Exactly. And, and that's <laughs> what's going on. And this dude, just he starts living up the frenzy. And then these Archons that they thought were going to open fire, they're not. What they're doing is they're shooting bystanders. They're giving false claims. These guys in helmets and leather jackets, they're cleaning the masquerade. I'm showcasing how the Camarilla buttons up his problem like this and how it doesn't hit the grand six o'clock news. Here's what you don't plan for. A player taking a semi-truck, driving it as fast as God can give an engine, and slamming it into everybody. <laughs> Didn't care. I remember you decided you were planting Karsh into the nearby, the Applebee's, uh-huh. if I remember correctly. And you drove him right into the building and parked it on top of him. Like we rolled. It torped two or three people. She's trapped on top of him. But he's right there. And what she said was, well, as he's still burning blood, I'm going to burn blood into strength. Well, now we're in a dangerous territory. I, as Karsh, have underestimated a player. Right? I, as a storyteller, have underestimated a player. She's carte blanche been blowing blood into nothing but strength. Where I said she was not his equal, that was before blood was being spent. Karsh did not pull out all his tricks. And he's now frenzied. He's frenzied. 
that's a nightmare. Right. Many people are going to die. And I'm also a guy who believes in a good story. Now, at this point, we could have said, Karsh kills you all, game's over. How boring is that? Yeah, that's... Uh... Well, thanks for jo- having us uh, play your game, but uh, we're going right. to go fuck off the, the arcade now or whatever. But we know? even looked at it. The math between being hit by the damage from the vehicle, even half, and all the disciplines working and all the mechanic boring bullshit. We went through all of that. And what we said was if Karsh had his wits about him, he just would have gone ghost form or he would have turned to mist or whatever to reassess the situation. But he frenzied. Right. He frenzied and he wanted to kill her. And he's literally moving this truck around with his added strength, and he's bumping it and tearing things up. She's still draining him, and she just out-damages him. Yep. Because feeding and crushing and clawing, that's what she wanted to do. And then don't forget, you had this pack who was taking droughts of him doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. And, the re- and the remaining members scrambled over to help her do just that. And they start, actually, they started holding him down. That's what I remembered. They all came mm-hmm. home from her holding his pinned by a vehicle, half-limbed, war-torn, chunks missing, Limbs off or not, didn't blow blood to heal. They blew blood to strength to lean on him and hold him down as their ductus diabolizes him. Just on the spot does it. And I was content to let that game end. <laughs> In fact, I know for a fact that I didn't run another session no, after that. No, we didn't. That's where the game ended. Because to me, we talked about what this meant, what glory thing is. And I was like, you know, and actually we did run a few afterward, but it was really, you're never going to outdo that. Right. You're never going to outdo. You brought back. You know, what happened? How did the 13th gen, right? Or excuse me, a third gen rise up and diabolize the second gen? I just told you. Right. How do you diabolize antediluvian? You just heard it. How do you do all these things? It's those scenes. It's those gutsy player wits moments that get into it. That's another side of vampire. There's that violent side that's very bestial that to me is everything related into do a lot with what Clan Gangrel is. But if you've been listening, the core theme of it has been you have one Gangrel who was wronged, who turned the urban jungle into her territory and was waiting for somebody to bring her to heal. And when they should have done it, they didn't. And by right. the time it got out of control, she drew every psycho the Sabat had to go as a tech missile against the Camarilla. And what it told me was, this is why the Camarilla doesn't win outright. This is also why the Sabat doesn't win outright. Right. <clears throat> well, and with that, I think we're going to end this year podcast right here. Sweet. We definitely hope you enjoyed our story time, our post gangrel. It's like the it's like the talking dead, but like we're talking about something we already talked about. So it's kind of it's different, but Start the same. The talking redundant dead. We're, we're like we're yeah, we're like if we were a show and we did like an after show, that's kind of like what this this <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Whatever. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed it. If you're not a fan of uh, the games that we play, I mean, we just don't want to know you. So um you know. Let's put this in a different light. <laughs> if you're listening to this expecting it all to be just nerd words only, we announced a long time ago that's turning to be uh, conversations inspired off right. of the 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade, right. which is where a lot of our fan base opened up from. So we're giving our fans, our listeners, what they want, which was more stories about how we are using yep. these in our games. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. If you have feedback for this podcast, of course, find us at utilitymuffinlabs.com. Leave us a note, comment, go to Facebook, Utility Muffin Labs. Uh, otherwise, we will talk to you next week. We hope you enjoy the show. I am Nathan. And I'm Bob. And uh, we're out of here. Everyone I love is-